You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 027. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, baby. How are you? I'm still a little drunk. I'm I'm in one of those, like, uh perpetually dizzy mornings before okay before we tell them all this stuff i need to okay so first of all welcome to the show if you've never been with us before uh what we if you clicked on this and thought you were going to get content and here we are talking about boozing (laughs) we do get to that actually we have a special guest i'm really really excited about this so what we do is we typically will balance back and forth between life topics and love topics so for the next two weeks we're going to be talking uh some life-related topics, and it, we, a lot of times, we'll start our our podcast just by shooting the shit and kind of, you know, talking about stuff that doesn't matter at all, so that I don't know, so we can have a blast, right? So we figured, why not have our special guest join us for that? But we need to properly introduce her. So I am super, super thrilled to have my very, very best friend. Uh, on the show today because she is doing some big things. She is uh, a life coach and founder of yourkickasslife.com and she has newly authored a book that is being released in December. So I'm so, so excited. Do we need to tell tell all the other fancy stuff that you do, Andrea? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't do anything else. That's all. I just have a website and a book and that's it. Okay, so welcome, Andrea. <laughs> Yay! I am thrilled to be here. We, we suck at that. Clearly, we don't have guests a lot. <laughs> I am so happy that you, you are here. And um, I'm just really excited to share with our audience everything that you're up to and, and just kind of chat about it a little bit. I definitely want to get into that and get involved in that. But uh, let's just kind of let's shoot the shit real quick. Do you need some Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so unprofessional. No, this is so hilarious because how perfect is it that I'm I'm an alcoholic, so I haven't drank in two years. I'm sober. I'm I'm I like to call it I'm in long term recovery, and my bestie and her husband are still drunk <laughs> from their weekend of drinking. <laughs> I am not drunk. Okay, for the record, I was the one that drove us home. I was the DD, so I'm fine. I'm just I just had a cigar, and it's making me. Making my voice really deep. Oh, okay. Because um, like, it isn't usually. No. <laughs> he actually normally talks like, hi, welcome to the show. Um, so we went to this wedding, and um, it was an awesome wedding. It was out in Palm Desert at the Marriott, and they have these, this beautiful lake, and, and um, we danced our tails off last night. Oh, my God. We were cutting a rug. So how is Mr. Smith dancing? Does he dance totally like a white guy or can he like what no. no. He's he is legit. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And what I love so much about about you, babe, is 
he is awesome at uh, switching genres. So we talked- <laughs> <laughs> he's really, really good at that. So we went to his best friend's wedding a while, a while ago and they kept switching. Like it would be like country, like line Disco, dancing. Yeah. And, and then it would go into like rap or, or eighties, or then it would be like current stuff. And so Mr. Smith would just be like, doing some line dancing and then all of a sudden he'd bust out into like you know more like hip-hop and then he'd you know it would get salsa going on like he's so good i love it and we have the best time no no formal training by the way no (laughs) just on the streets (laughs) on the streets of socal (laughs) he learned on the streets oh my gosh but yeah i always do feel a little like should i tell andrea that i'm still kind of hungover and then I then I always think Andrea is like that is exactly why I don't drink anymore <laughs> that helps me stay sober actually because <laughs> you always tell me I don't miss that part at all I don't no yeah. but no I think it's it's so funny how you know since I got sober there and and you're one of them like the the people that aren't sure how to act you know and then they're like not sure if they need to walk on eggshells or should I talk about it is it okay if I have booze in the house and it's so funny to me and everyone's different like when where they are in their sobriety and their recovery but I always kind of wonder and I'm like do people think I'm going to like lose my motherfucking mind and and push you out of the way and I'm like give me the wine you know (laughs) I can't can't be in its presence you come back and it's gone yeah Oh my god. That may have been the case if I was still drinking. Yeah. You guys would have come downstairs in the morning like empty bottles. <laughs> and I'm like by myself. I think that's awesome that you have had the discipline and the strength to, you know, create something different for yourself. I think that's inspiring. You mean in terms of the recovery aspect? Yeah, well, everything. The yeah. recovery, the uh, eating disorder, all mm-hmm. of it. It's it's really about, you know, how much I, I truly believe that I'm not sure if we're done shooting the shit, but <laughs> we're kind of segueing here. So I think, okay. Don't fuck up our production, Andrea. I'm like, D- is it okay if I say this? God no, damn. I think that it depends. It's really about pain tolerance. And I've really come to the conclusion where, and it's in my opinion, that everyone's pain tolerance is different. And I just feel like for me, I don't have a lot of pain tolerance. Like I just, I can't take a lot. So I reach my bottom pretty quickly. And I think that also the work that we do, when you become more self-aware, it's that inner truth. Like, oh shit, there is a problem. And I just couldn't tolerate that. Like that, that inner knowing the truth. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um, just on the grand scheme of things, um, why should people pick your book over others? You know, there's people with PhDs and all kinds of crazy uh, psychology credentials. Jobs, but mm-hmm. the people that uh, you should really be listening to are the people who've been through it. You know? Right. And, um, I think that's one of the things that's inspiring about uh, your book and what you've done is that you know you've been through it, and people can relate. You know. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I that's how I, I built my business. And I, you know, a lot of people, they look at me from the outside and they see the website and they're like, oh, it's her life is probably so easy. And I went through a lot of shit to get there. And it's still, you know, stuff still comes up. And and I, I think that there's really something to be said about people that are still not only have been through it, but are still walking the talk. And personally, I don't want to go to a professional who acts like 
that they have a perfect life. I just, I, I know it doesn't <laughs> exist. Right. And I'm, I'm all for credentials. Like I, I still consider going back to school and getting my master's and even a PhD, but that's another yeah. story for another time. But anyway, but I, I do, I think that, I think vulnerability adds to your credibility. Absolutely. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, it's true. It's it's true in relationships too. That's what I'm always talking about being vulnerable. So okay, um, well obviously I know the answer to this. I know the answer to all these questions because she's the best <laughs> But I could just get off the phone right now and you could just answer them for me. Yeah, I'll just do it for you. Thanks for calling, Andrea. Sure, no problem. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> um, you want to talk a little bit about the book? When sure. it's coming out and all yeah. that? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is is just this morning. Well, I should say yesterday. You know, we're taping this on a Monday, so over the weekend on Sunday, I I got a couple of notifications from either my clients or or people on Facebook saying, "Oh my gosh, I got an email from Amazon saying that my book is gonna the the, the book I ordered, you know, my book that I wrote is gonna ship, and I'm gonna get it on the 14th." And I was like, "What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I haven't even seen it yet, you guys." So. I was a little freaked out. I called my I called my editor early this morning. Luckily, they're two hours ahead. And so I talked to her and I'm like, what's going on? So apparently now it's available. If you order it on Amazon, they have it in stock and you can get it now. It's called uh, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, BS Free Wisdom to Ignite Your Inner Badass and Live the Life You Deserve. It's a long title. It is. Isn't it a mouthful? I usually <laughs> just call it 52 Ways. That's the hashtag. Hashtag 52 Ways. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so I would love for you to share with everybody what compelled you to write this. You know, what was what was the message that you really wanted to get out? Well, and let me back up. So I've wanted to write a book since I was a little kid and it's been it's been one of those like huge goals, huge dreams of mine and for a while I didn't know what I wanted to write about and then, you know, when I was when I was drinking a lot like towards the very end it didn't it didn't go on for very long but in the evenings and I just was <laughs> I was busy drinking so I couldn't work on a book but when that really when I got sober um more than a couple years ago was really like the fog cleared and I was like okay this is it this is the time for me to to write it and I, I got some coaching on it as we do yep <laughs> Like all great conversations start with that. Got some coaching on it. Yeah, and I figured out that I wanted to. So in self-help, I, I, I love self-help books and, and I, read, I read a lot of them. But I get, I get a little bit overwhelmed and um, I don't know. I just don't love the ones that are really long and that you have to read from beginning to end. It's just my personality. It's yeah. just a personal preference. So I like books. Like I, I was really inspired and, and motivated and moved even by Richard, the late Richard Carlson's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff that he wrote in, I believe, 1997. So mm. I wanted something like that. I wanted small, bite-sized life lessons, words of wisdom that people could open up to any page and start reading. They could, I even described it as like, I want, the, I want it to be that book that's in people's bathrooms, you know, like <laughs> where they're sitting down to take a crap and they're like, huh, isn't that nice? <laughs> So, you know, and the topics are basically everything that I have learned over the last seven or so years in my life. So I had a, I had a pivotal experience where I got basically drop kicked into my life and, uh, and just, and had to learn and just like really hard life lessons. I had to learn really quickly. 
I sort yeah. of got thrown into the ocean. You know, I didn't know how to swim and had to learn. And it's everything I've learned. And yeah, that's basically it. Wow. So, you know, we mentioned a couple of things like uh, sobriety and eating disorders. And there is a mountain of other uh, obstacles that you've really surmounted. And, you know, like, like you said, babe, I think a lot of that really does lend to your credibility. So I would love for you just to share with people some of those lessons. I think just that's so hugely inspirational to people that all is not lost in the mm-hmm. face of adversity, you know, and sometimes we need that contrast. Uh, we need for it to be really shitty so that we can soar later and really embrace that. So talk a little bit about some of that stuff that you've gone through. You're talking about uh, all the bad things that's happened. (laughs) Mr. Smith, I swear to God. Well, uh, I think that, you know, one of the very first things that I learned was to listen to my inner voice. The, the, the one that was whispering to me for so many years that this was, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll be really specific. So I was in a relationship for 13 years that was very intense and tumultuous. And mm. I stayed because I stayed because of love, but I mostly stayed because of fear, because I was afraid of what was on the other side. I was afraid of, of, of not knowing who I was. I was afraid of being alone. I was afraid of, of all of the, my dreams not coming true, you know, dreams of having a house and a family and children and the, the American dream. Yeah. So that's why I stayed. And that whole time I had that inner voice saying, this isn't it you know, you need to move on. And it was quiet and it was, it was peaceful and quiet, but you know, in really times of turbulence, it was loud and saying, you know, we would break up sometimes and then I would come back out of fear just because I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't do it alone. I felt like I couldn't. So, you know, and then right after my divorce, I got into an even worse relationship. And, um, when that fell apart, that was really, when I, I, I was so desperate. I mean, that, if you want to call it a rock bottom, that was it. And yeah. I hadn't prayed in, I don't know how long, but I, I was one of those moments where I got down on my knees and was like, looked up at the sky and said, I don't know what you have in store for me, but I know that this isn't it. Yeah. And I am willing to do whatever it takes to get out of this because, and two, you know, giving up all of that pain that I was in, and like, I could not bear it. I really thought I could die of of brokenheartedness and just yeah. a feeling so alone. I had isolated myself from almost all of my friends. I was so embarrassed and ashamed of where I was and who I had become. I was so embarrassed, just humiliated. <clears throat> so that was it. And I just decided, I mean, it was my drawing the line in the sand and just, I just knew. And there were a couple of moments. This is okay. So over the weekend, I was in the car. This is so cheesy and cliche, but I have to tell you. Okay. The song, you know that song um, by Natasha Bedingfield, Unwritten? Yes. Okay. That song came out like right when I was going through all of my shit. And so I was standing, I lived in San Diego at the time, on the cliffs in Carlsbad over the beach. And it was just like the most, I was on a run and it was the most gorgeous day. And it was like the, the ocean and the sun was in the perfect spot. It was just so beautiful. And that song came on in my iPod. And I had the most overwhelming feeling that 
I was going to be okay. I was going to be better than okay. And I really like, and I heard it over the weekend and it was just like such a physical reaction. And I turned it up really loud. My son was like, it's too loud, mommy. And I'm like, have a moment. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> it, was just, it was moments like that, like standing on the beach and just, and, and it really, the lesson there was about being open, is about opening myself up to what's possible. And I'll tell you what, it was scary as all shit. Yeah. <laughs> to be open up to something new. It was for the first time I was alone, you know, and I had been in a relationship since I was 17. So I felt like a 17 year old girl, even though I was 30. And, um, yeah, so that's that was really one of the things that I learned is to listen to that inner voice because if we don't take action on it, it's going to keep talking to us. Right. It doesn't stop. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, this has been my thing, like what makes life coaches so important and palpable is that you guys help people find that voice early before they hit those real heavy bottoms and find those places where they may not be able to come back from them. Mm-hmm. You guys are there to, to uh, help people find that voice and really be able to listen to it before you get to those real deep, dark places. And I think that's kind of what your book is trying to establish, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it is. And it's, it's that plus, you know, 51 other <laughs> lessons. <laughs> that's one chapter. <laughs> about that inner voice and uh, yeah exactly but it will it really does permeate pretty much everything mm-hmm. you know because it, it if if you're not listening to your intuition you're typically listening to that the gremlin you're mm-hmm. ad, the adversary of your intuition so and I know that you you've really done so much with um, self-talk work and things like that with with products that you have out already. But I would love for you to share also, you know, we've talked a little bit about how uh, when you are about to make a change or you're on the verge of doing something really huge, how those little gremlin voices get really loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or shit talker, as I like to call it. I think – rowdy roommate. I think that <laughs> – I, I think that, and I, I think you were actually the one that, that told me this years ago, that um, when we're on the verge of something really big is when they get really, really noisy. So it can be yeah. a good thing. So it's 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 like, you know, and if you look at it, it's all about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what if we looked at it that way? When our when our negative self talk yes. is going nuts, and we just don't feel good when we're when we're surrounded by that negative self talk. Think about what's going on around you. Are you about to make a decision that's really important? Are you kind of brainstorming and rolling around in your mind starting a new business? Or if you have a business, are you are you thinking about raising your rates? Are you thinking about adding on an employee or something? Anytime you're about to up-level your life or your business, I'll tell you what, it's a whole new set of, of rowdy roommates that come in and <laughs> – yeah. And that's what I, I tell people all the time is is that the negative self-talk work isn't about getting rid of it forever. It's not like getting an appendectomy where you the organ comes out. It doesn't work right. that way. It's really about managing it and managing your thoughts and learning and practicing. That's the part that's so important because I hear this a lot from clients or people in my classes. They'll They'll read the materials on it and they'll say, I get it. I get it in my mind that this needs to stop, but I just don't know how to do it. And I think that the, the type of women clients that I attract, and I think it's the same for you, Amy, is that 
they're really smart so yeah. smart they are you know they're productive and they're high achievers and they're just they're badasses yep. so they get really cerebral and they get in their head and, mm -hmm. and they want to know like how <laughs> it's like they want a formula like okay so i want to be able to check this off my list and it's a little bit different right. than that it's about really digging deep and getting introspective and practicing over and over and there will be setbacks oh there will right. be setbacks but yeah that that is so very true and that you're right because i think it's when we're you're dealing with stuff that's in uh, intuitive and actually like your spirituality and your internal talk it's not something we can see it's not something we can measure it's not quantifiable it's not like um you know a physical workout where you're like okay i'm going to lift this weight 15 times and you know and you can check it off the list it, it, that's i i think is one of the reasons why it feels so challenging is because it's something we don't it's not tangible mm -hmm. but you can flex those muscles just as much as you can your physical muscles right. you just have to be aware and you know you and i teach classes together all the time about that about how awareness is key because once you notice what's going on then you can start reconditioning your, yourself and changing things. That's what I do in my work too. Well, look at all of the healing we do. You guys are just like Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I want to know just for you and your own journey as you've written this book, because obviously this is huge. You know, you've mm -hmm. wanted this since you were really little. What has your personal journey been with your own internal talk around doing something like this, this big? This has been, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, this is, you know, I can think of a couple of instances that were really big in my life where my gremlin just was trying its best to destroy me. Uh, one of them was when I got married for the second time. That that crept up a whole new set. You know, like this marriage is yeah. going to fail. You're not good at being married. You're terrible at relationships. You're too hard. You're too hard to love. That type of stuff, hmm. which I had to work through. And so for this, it was anytime you embark on a goal that's been a, that's like your big, big one, oh my gosh, it was huge. I actually made a video of it. I, I chronicled my journey in, in writing the book. And I either video or blog posts, <clears throat> yeah. which you can find on, on my website. But I made a video about that, like this, how big the gremlin is in this. And it really, to the antidote really has been having a support system, you know, people like you and, and other, other people that get it, people that aren't going to collude with my gremlin. And right. that's so important in the work that we do. And, and it was, and it's, and that takes vulnerability. To, you know, to pick up the phone and say, I don't know. I'm so scared. I don't know if right. I can do this. Here's, here's what's going on. And like, for me, it's a lot of like, I don't, I don't know if I'm a great writer. Like that's the, the, the conversation <laughs> in my head. Like, I think I'm okay. Like, I think I'm okay. Like <laughs> somebody yeah. liked it enough to give me a book deal. So you know, when <laughs> other people are like, oh my God, that's a big deal. But me and my gremlin is, are like, meh, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's that came up and, you know, facing when you do something like this, where you're, um, you're reaching more people and, you know, the, the Amazon reviews are going to come in and, and things like that. Th these are things like I'm, I'm doing this for the first time. These are yeah. brand new waters for me and it doesn't, I don't know. I, you might disagree, but it's like, I don't know how much, if it matters how much work you've done on it 
when you're facing a whole new thing, it's like, I'll be honest, like I am going to have to pull out all of my work. Like this yes. is walking my talk, like yes. times 100. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love that. And that's, I, I think that's one of the reasons why you and I have always had such a kinship and how I made you be my best friend when I first met you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I got Mr. Smith to marry me too, by the way. I've realized all my close friendships, I have forced them into. A I'm pushy. I have one right now who's resisting me and I will make him my friend if it kills me. But anyway, that's one of the reasons why I think you and I have always had such a great connection is because we love the humanity element. Like we are continuing on this journey. We're never done mm -hmm. and we are messy and we have downfalls and we're still human and we, um, and we still care about self-growth and we're learning and we're growing and we're developing. But that's one of the things that I think will be so incredible about this particular book is that it, it, you sound like a human, right. you know, <laughs> you, you sound like somebody who who gets it, who we can relate to, who has a real story to share. And I'm really excited for, for people to get this in their hands and go, oh my God, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it does not by any means read by like a textbook or anything like that. And the way my voice in this book is I want it to, to sound like I'm your friend who is telling you the hard truth about what's going on. So and, and the reason is, is because A, that's just how I talk and that's how I help people. It's just in my DNA to try to change that would be like putting my shoes on backwards. And right. B, I think that looking back on my journey, the people that, that told me the absolute truth were the most helpful. And sometimes yes. the delivery hurt and it stung and it's like shocking sometimes. It's like, it's like someone threw a drink in your face. You know, you're like, What? Because we don't have conversations like that usually. Right. And and it's and of course it always comes from a, a deeply compassionate place because I I think that some people need to wake the fuck up. Like, yes. You know, like, and it's speaking it's of that. It's chapters like take responsibility for your dysfunctional relationship. Like people like like I was, like I was in this relationship mm -hmm. and I complained about it constantly. Well, I was I was choosing to be in it. And it, and it, you know, as the years went on, it was pretty clear it wasn't going to change. Pretty yeah. clear. So it's things like <laughs> that, like taking responsibility and taking responsibility for your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious now that you mentioned that as one of the, the chapters, are there certain chapters in this book that you are more attached to or more excited for people to hear? Or nervous um, about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... What what are some of the the big ones for you? Um, well, in this, well, I'll talk about this particular one, and this is one that you can actually <clears throat> download um, for free from my website. Um, there's four available, and which is which is what you mean the chapter? Oh yeah. Oh, oh thank your you. kickasslife.com. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, cool. Mr. Smith. Thanks for looking out for me. He's always good. <laughs> He's good about the plugs. He's really good. <laughs> But it's in this spawned from a blog post that I wrote a couple years ago. And the title of, is it, title of it is that perfect body isn't going to bring you jack shit. Yep. And the, the, the bottom line and the point of the chapter is that 
um, we'll tell you a little a little backstory. I worked my my background is in fitness, and it's what I went to college for. And I, I worked in the field for a few years. And what I saw when I was working as a personal trainer for for a gym, and what I saw over and over again was women that that hired me as a personal trainer, and they wanted they wanted me to help them change their body, but they were suffering inside. I yeah. I could tell, and I think that. Um, I don't know. I think I was kind of born with that innate ability to to read between people's lines when they're speaking and really know what's going on without them saying what's going on. But right. for I had this one client, and this is what really made me quit. I had this one client who was, I don't even remember her as being overweight at all. I mean, she, of course, like she could have like toned up a little bit, but did she really need to for health's sake? Probably not. But she... Um, she had bought personal training sessions. Oh, no, her, her husband had bought her the personal training sessions because they were con- trying, to, trying to conceive a baby. And her doctor told her, well, if you lost some weight, that might help your chances of conceiving. And she looked so sad and defeated and just mm-hmm. had no self-confidence and her self-esteem and just her whole self-image. And I was so brokenhearted for her because she was there. You know what I mean? Like it just yeah. it wasn't the answer. And it was right. beyond the scope of my job to help her go deeper and, and to, to love herself, to absolutely love herself. And I couldn't stand it anymore. I couldn't stand it. And that's when I quit. And, um, and, and that's what spawned me to do the job that I do now. But that's what that chapter is about. And I am all for, I am all for feeling your best and looking your best and having a healthy body in terms of what you put into your body and the right. physical exercise that you get. Absolutely. But where is your where is your head in terms of yes. your conversation that you're having with yourself? How you love and accept yourself? Are you standing up for yourself? Like all of this inner work is so much, I, I think, as important, but it needs to be done first. Because I've been that girl who thought that that perfect body was my answer. And yeah. I got there. And guess what? It wasn't. And I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, I think we need to collaborate because that's exactly what I tell people. But I don't have the uh, inner working tools that you guys have. Yeah. Yes, you, you do, know, Mr. Like, Smith. Well, but yeah, but you guys have a lot more in-depth stuff on that. Like yeah. uh, people come to me to have me fix them and it's not about me fixing them. It's about them digging deep in themselves and finding the answers within. So, the question I like to ask is... And, and I say this in the chapter, um, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something to the extent of what are you avoiding in your life that needs your immediate attention and focus, that you are instead planning your workouts and, and running six miles a day and counting your calories on your app on your iPhone and shit like that. Yeah. Because everybody has an answer. Well, and one of the things that I think uh, is helpful to remember um, around this kind of thing is that your goals are different than your self-worth. So it's not that you stop seeking fitness or or it could be anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to buy a new home or get a new job. It's like all of that stuff, you can still want that. You can still desire that. But allow those to be your goals, not your self-worth. Yeah. Like have your self-worth be tied to stuff that's not goal oriented, you know, like they can both exist. And I I think that's one of the things that, that we talk about a lot, you and I together is it's fine to be involved in fitness 
but it's not as long as I have mm-hmm. the perfect body, then I'm worthy. It's those don't collapse those two. And that's what I hear a lot is I hear, you know, and, and when I wrote that blog post, I, I had some, um, some reactions and people were disagreeing with me and saying like, no, well, it brings me confidence. And, and my question is, is that, is that it? Though, is it because of that body that you are confident? I, I believe that confidence is intrinsic. And, and I know women that are 30 pounds overweight that, that are still confident. And it's, it's, that's my, my point is that right. I don't want it to be a means to an end right. for, for you know, their fitness goals. But yes, I do agree with everything you said. Good. Uh, <laughs> oh. Then we can still be friends. Um, well, I think what it is, and this is, you know, you've heard me talk about this before too. It's not the actual weight. It's not the actual, you know, number on the scale or the size of the jeans. It's what builds the confidence is that you are proud of your own behavior. You're proud of the person that you were. You're proud that you set up a goal for yourself and you accomplished it. So that's what I think we should be attached to right. is pride in ourselves, no matter what what the actual goal is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's where people probably get skewed. Like, no, it, it does bring me confidence. No, it's the pride in yourself is what right. brings you confidence. Exactly. And I'll give you an example too of, of how this happened, how this showed up in my life. And it wasn't the working out thing, but it was, it was work stuff. It was business. And <clears throat> you'll remember this, Amy. So mm-hmm. I was working my ass off in my business as I, as I usually do. And I was neglecting my marriage. And I really, like it came down to, to be honest, I was not proud of how I was showing up in my marriage. I was not proud of how much of an effort I was putting into it all. But what I was proud of how I was showing up in my business and how much yep. effort I was putting into that. So I was avoiding my marriage and um, and just filling in with business stuff. And I remember being on the phone with you and saying, if I put in a quarter of the effort to my marriage as I did into my business... I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. And, yeah. and that's really like, that's just real stuff. Like that's what was happening. And, and so I changed it, but it's, it's really like, that's the question I liked. And I know you do the same. Like that's the people I like to question, to ask people is, are you proud of how you're showing up in these different areas of your life? So I think a lot mm-hmm. of people going back to that topic, a lot of people would be proud of how they're showing up, uh, taking care of their physical body and going to the gym and getting enough exercise. But what about the other areas of your life? How is that working yes. out? Yes. And what's important to note about that too is uh, we will naturally gravitate towards whatever is easy. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's easy to throw yourself into your business because there, you know, you just love it and you enjoy it. And I'm good at it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're good at it. And if it's an area for, in, for a lot of our listeners, if, if it's an area like relationships that it's uncomfortable to have conversations with Mm -hmm. your spouse or you have to get vulnerable and that's not easy, we will naturally avoid and throw ourselves into whatever does come easy for Mm us. So know that, you know that that's totally human and then still pay attention to all of those areas. You know, I think that's really, that's really such a great point. I think body stuff too and working out is, is an easy one to gravitate towards and put all of our attention and focus on because it's easier to control. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets sticky and messy for people. And with relationships, like I couldn't, I couldn't control the outcome of conversations (laughs) I was going to have with my husband or even how the marriage was going to turn out at all. And it's scary. It was so scary and vulnerable, like you were saying. But working out 
well, of course, I can control how many calories I eat. I can control how much I work out. I can basically control the number on the scale and the size of my jeans. I'll stick with that. And I see that over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm inspired. You are? <laughs> you're welcome. As a matter of fact, uh, a thought just came to me. You, you two, I mean, your next evolution is for the two of you to write a book. <gasps> Goulet, why didn't we ever think of that? <laughs> we have, okay, first of all, let's talk about Goulet really quick. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so this, we mentioned earlier that we, you know, do a lot of movie quotes. Usually, well, usually it's SNL sketches, really. That's our favorite. Particularly JT and uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, <laughs> but we started, I think it was when you and I, we were, we met uh, assisting for our coaching alma mater. Mm -hmm. And um, you crashed at my house, you know, as, as one would. And... <laughs> Because <laughs> I tried to get people to sleep over on the first night, and so we were watching. Uh, I think the best, the best of Will Ferrell, mm -hmm. right on SNL, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and he has this sketch where he's Robert Goulet. So we started having every single phone call when we would call each other. We'd be like, Goulet, <laughs> hello, I'm Robert Goulet. <laughs> Nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like when she called, when we got on the phone today, we were like, Gula. <laughs> yeah, we did a whole coconut bangers ball thing. So, um, so it's stuck. And now we only call each other Goulet. And we have to remember that when we're teaching classes mm -hmm. because <laughs> we're like, okay, do you want to go Goulet? Or you got any points? You got Not any exactly adding to our credibility. <laughs> No, we are Goulet. proudly human. I know. Okay. But I think my favorite one was like even backing up from that. When we first met that very first weekend, we were going back and forth with like, have you seen this skit? Have you seen this one? And we were in the car looking for Whole Foods during lunch. And we were talking about, it wasn't SNL, it was the other one, Mad TV. And oh. that little kid, Stuart. And <laughs> oh my God. And we were imitating him, and you were because I can't cross my eyes. Like I, I can only cross one of my eyes. But you, I will never forget. You were. I'm, I'm like, let me see you do it. And you were driving, and you turned to me to cross your eyes to show me, and you almost <laughs> rear-ended somebody. I know in it's LA, bad. so close to crashing the Mazda, and it was a near-death experience. <laughs> but we still like when we send each other Christmas gifts and stuff. We we send it to Goulet Owen or Goulet Smith. <laughs> Yes, we've gotten to like just G. Oh yeah, G. Hey G, what time is our? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's just wrap this shit up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> so, I would love for you just to share before we we end. What what do you want? What do you want women out there to know? I think that you know the first thing that came to my mind was that they have way more power than they give themselves credit for, yeah. and that it is absolutely possible to have inner conversations that are empowering and that I think that, you know, in one of the chapters in the book is, is creating a tribe of badasses and mm. having key players in your life that support you and bring out the best in you and that are okay with your vulnerability and help you grow as an enriched person yeah. is so important. So if you walk away with anything, Walk away with that. Like, who who are your key players? Take yep. inventory. Um, you're a choice <laughs> there. Yep. 
and yeah, attract, attract more people. And if you want to know more about it, you can buy my book. Yes, exactly. So tell them, I know you on, uh, yourkickasslife.com. They can get four free chapters, right? Mm-hmm. And then you said on Amazon it's already available? It is. Um, depending on when you're going to air this. <laughs> so everything Which kind of – Two days. In two days. Okay. So if you go to my website today on the 13th or 14th, it might not be up um, – the four free chapters might not be up on my website yet because my web designer okay. is literally working on it right now this week as we speak. But it's coming very soon. And so cool. you'll go to your kickass life forward slash 52 ways to find those free chapters. But yeah, you can um, you can find the book from my website too pretty easily. And um, it's on Amazon. I think it's only like 11 bucks, and they're shipping now. It's, it was supposed to not be released until December 18th, but you can get it now. Yeah, I saw that. And seriously, if you guys are looking for good gifts for people in your life, and I mean, this is such a great Christmas, Christmas gift or um, I mean, almost really almost anything, especially those people in your life who you're like, oh my God, you need to get your shit together. And they... <laughs> And you don't want to be like, here's a Tony Robbins book or here's that, you know, and like, you I know who like, this girl is. Yeah. I heard her on the yeah. joy junkie and right. she's amazing and she's re- relatable. And, uh, I, I think, in fact, I thought about that. I was like, I need to just buy a shit ton of your book so that I can give it out to people. You can get a discount for bulk orders, by the way. Oh, cool. The best toilet topper of 2014. <laughs> There's your toilet topper. You're welcome. Well, and also if you if you forward your receipt to support at yourkickasslife.com, there's I have a bunch of, of giveaways too. Like I have um another oh. ebook, How I Turn My Mess into My Message. You can get that for free, which sells for 17 bucks on my site normally. You can have it for free. I'm gonna do a special audio and I have a free call on my entire if you're interested in writing your own book. I have a, a, over an hour audio on exactly how I did it, going traditional yep. publishing, because people are so lost there. So I spelled it that out. That is how a to great. Do it. I actually attended that class live, and I that was so helpful. So, so okay, guys, buy this book and forward your receipt to what did you say? Support, support at yourkickasslife.com. Mm-hmm. And get a bunch of shit for free. Oh my God, you know how we. We love we love that stuff. We love free yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there oh might have been something God. else that I that I'm forgetting that that was a giveaway, but yeah. That's all I can think of right now. That's awesome though. That's great. Cool. Just go to the website and you can pick up your swag bag. Swag bag. <laughs> <laughs> swag bag. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, we're honored. Thank you. What a great way to start our day and get me sobered up. <laughs> Yeah, you're not. Oh my gosh. So yes, please, please, please check out Andrea Owen at yourkickasslife.com. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. And here is to loving and living your most badass life. Bye. And it's going out.